This is the Daily Wrestling News for February 2nd, 2021. My name is Ryan Joy, and I am coming to you live from Minutes to Bell Time Studios on the beautiful treasure coast of the Sunshine State. And I am joined today by the salesman of fun, Travis Severance. Travis, wear your King Switch shirt. Jay's back, baby. Happy Groundhog Day to everybody, too. Um, oh, you know, I didn't even think you know, about it. Was, it. Uh, it was uh, Phil apparently said called for a longer winter, so we're, we're get your shovels out, although... You're talking about sand shovels and I'm talking about snow shovels. So yeah. How bad is it up there for you? Uh, so yesterday it was so bad in the area in Pennsylvania, New Jersey, New York city area that two of my distributors actually closed. So wow. I didn't have any, there's no fun product being shipped from two of my distributors. <laughs> Us, we, we did okay. Um, we got a little bit here and there. I've got snow on the ground and it's the first time I've had snow stuck for the last two, for, for roughly two weeks now. Um, so it's kind of been a little bit different. Um, but we didn't get hit nearly as bad as some of the other areas a little further southeast for sure. Well, it's funny. I was I was planning to head up to um, Minutes to Bell Time Studio B in Pennsylvania and because uh, we're selling that studio. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, the studio is sold. Yeah, and uh, but it turns out there is quite there's quite a weather uh, situation going on in that area, and uh, I don't think I'm going. <laughs> so, yeah, you'd have to bring a lot of salt water to melt the snow for sure. Yeah. So that, that, that trip's getting delayed a week. So makes sense. Well, let me tell you what we have going on um, today. We are, our agenda is powered by the Eastern observer. Uh, we have a ridiculously random non-wrestling audience needs to know you better question of the day. We have news from new Japan. We have the main events of MLW, which we'll talk about and we'll get through dynamite. Uh, look, look ahead at that. We'll spend some time talking about raw from last night because there are a few things that I think we need to talk about. And we have trivia, which since it's a New Japan, we're going to curtain jerk the show with New Japan. I think we're going to main the event with some New Japan trivia. So I'm ready to go. All right. Wrestle Kingdom 14. Okay. I'll do here. my best. <laughs> it was like a weekend ago. So hopefully I remember some of it. No, 15 was a weekend ago. 14, <laughs> was a, 14 was a year and a weekend ago. Oh, boy. Yeah. Okay. So here we go. Um, Your ridiculously random non-wrestling audience needs to know you better question of the day. What is your, what is the greatest pizza topping? So I'm a cup and char pepperoni guy. I guess it's kind of classic. Um, People are probably, maybe they're not familiar with what cup and char is, but regular pepperoni kind of comes in those big giant thin pieces. Cup and char is your thicker, skinnier pepperoni. And they tend to have a little bit more spice. And what I like about them is if they, I tend to have, if, if anything, I want my pizza overcooked and not undercooked. Well, the cup and char really crisps around the edges and it circles up and it kind of turns into this cup of oil. So, uh, but it's crunchy too on the topping. So I'm a cup and char pepperoni guy for sure. Yeah. And you're, uh, you're living in the right area for it. They do that well up there in Rochester. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, same actually. Wow. Right. I'm not specific on the cup and char, but I do prefer it over the other. So I guess. Sure. Yeah, fair enough. All right, uh, promos out of the way, I guess. Let's mm-hmm. uh, the talking is over. Let's do some wrestling now. Sure. Big stories out of New Japan Pro Wrestling, and I don't want to bury the lead, but John Moxley is back on New Japan Television uh, on American soil. He is on their New Japan Strong Show. He he was out there on Friday with 
he attacked Kenta. I don't, I don't know if he had say really attacked Kenta, but the lights went out, and then he, there he was. There he was. He nosed him up. They got in the to each other's face. The belt was kind of the the U.S. belt was in the middle of the two of them. Uh, Kenta tried to hit a go to sleep, and John countered it with a Death Rider. For those yeah. of you not familiar, that's the paradigm shift or the double underhook DDT. Um, and maybe there's some listeners that might not know or might not understand what new Japan strong is. is. Can you give a brief description of what that show kind of entails and what the difference between that versus what we normally yeah. see? In? So it was, I'm going to say almost a year and a half ago, because it was pre pandemic new Japan announced that they were, they were opening up a new branch of business called new Japan of America's. And they had this whole expansion plan and they had different cities that they were going to be targeting in the United States that they were going to run specific programming for new Japan style programming. And then they had a G one open there. Uh, the, the previous G one opened in, in the United States and they announced this big Russell dynasty show that was going to be in Madison square garden. All of that happened. All of that was in the books. Then they started this new Japan strong show, which we're talking about, which is a one hour pre-taped, show that comes on Friday after SmackDown on New Japan World, and then the pandemic hit. So the New Japan Strong show that they had, the weekly episode, it's all not uh, empty arena type stuff, and then the Dynasty thing got canceled and all their touring got canceled, but they kept the New Japan Strong show, and that's their sort of their anchor right now as their American broadcast. Yeah, so what's interesting about the show, if you haven't had a chance to kind of peek into it, is we get wrestlers on that show. So it's pre-taped in blocks, so it's kind of the old format or with the way that you see NWA or something like that. Not a ton of promos during the show, um, but you get wrestlers from all over the place. I mean, this this show from the other day had Clark Connors from ROH. Um, DKC was on there. Chris Dickinson from Evolve. You had Rocky Romero, who's a staple on New Japan. You had Fred Rosser, who's people might be familiar with Darren Young from NXT, TJP, who's been basically on TV everywhere that wasn't WWE or AEW. And Leo Rush was on that show as well. And then a handful of people from the Bullet Club. So it's just kind of a cornucopia of good wrestling that you may not see in a bigger screen. Um, and, and all the matches, some of the matches were quick, but all of it's good quality wrestling. Um, so it's it's nice to see that that shift. It is it is closed arena so if you're familiar with like i would say that the presentations maybe a scale up from what roh is but a little bit darker um it'll be interesting when things can kind of come together on what they're going to do with that stuff because some american talent and some some japanese talent on american soil can make the show really pop yeah and it is interesting um flip gordon's been on that show jay white's been on that show brody king taped way in advance they have a ton in the can at all times um, yep. To the point where you're seeing people on in Japan and in the United States on the same day, and you know there's at least two week quarantine there before you can do that. So right. it's taped very far in advance. Yep. In, in fact, we had uh, one week we had uh, what's this uh, Tyler Rust who's on NXT. He was on NXT on Wednesday and New Japan Strong on Friday, and so a lot of time, whole contracts and everything changing. So. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. So, so sometimes when you you're going to see good wrestling, there's not a hell of a lot of story built into it outside of this Moxley thing that's been just dragging on forever. I mean, he's had the he's had the title since January 4th, Wrestle Kingdom last year, um, and hasn't had a chance to get it off him because of the pandemic and quarantines and all kinds of nonsense going on. And he actually beat, oddly enough, Lance Archer for that 
title. So that's how long ago it was that that New Japan match actually happened. So that's right. Yep. And he did have one. Uh, well, he had two title defenses after that. One of them was against Minoru Suzuki, and the other one's a trivia question. So I'll okay, <laughs> fair enough. So uh, so Moxley's back. We actually have that match lined up for uh, later in the month. Do you have the date, Andy? Um, I don't know if they're going to do that on the February show or the the mid February show or not. So I didn't I didn't see that in the notes. No, I'll pull that up during trivia when you're ruminating. But it if, might be February twenty third is the only thing that I can think of as far as a show yeah. date that they have. That's a big one. So yeah, that seems right to me. Yeah, it's a it's a it's a strong show. So it's going to be on New Japan Strong. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so also Jay White returned. Uh, to action. Uh, he attacked Tomohiro Ishii. Tomohiro Ishii had previously pinned uh, Jay White at New Year's Dash. He also beat him in the G1. Uh, this morning, Jay White also, he returned. Um, they actually returned to competition this morning. They put a beating down on an elimination match against Chaos. It was so bad that Hiroki Goto actually threw in the towel for the final elimination. Uh, they, the G.O.D. was doing a magic killer on an already knocked out Yoshihashi. Jay White explained that he represented the real Bullet Club, and he challenged Chaos for their never open weight six-man championships. So those are currently held by Ishii, Goto, and Yoshihashi. Um, so I guess that's how we're paying off the Ishii and Jay White angle. Yeah, um, you know, I thought we were going to see a, just a straight-up Ishii versus Jay White, but I guess he's 0-2 in the tank now, so they're going to the belts with this. G.O.D. could be double-strapping after this. Um, it was – this is Bullet Club beatings, which we hadn't seen a lot of. We'd seen some, you know, plucky interferences and things like that, but not the beatdown that we saw that Bullet Club with their interference three G1s ago. So yeah. this is going back to a little bit more of a in-your-face, we're going to pound on you, I think – Jay White had a couple of times when he pulled people up from a two count. That was an obvious three count. So it's gotten personal. Jay's Jay's hungry. Um, it's good to see him back, and it's good to see him in that in that position again. Um, and the the Bullet Club, for for as quiet as they were, have started collecting some belts. You know, they got both the tag belts. Um, and I really enjoy and and they go to this quite a bit. But I really enjoy watching these elimination matches. They are awesome. It's nonstop action. People are getting pinned or thrown out of the ring constantly. You know, it goes from, it starts out five on each side and it goes, goes down to whoever's left over at the end. Um, but it's like, you know, this rumble flying tag team match of just awesome. Um, yeah, with with yeah. 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 Rumble, rumble with pins yeah. and, and submissions. It's great. Yeah. So we got our Jay white back. So for all the people that thought he might be going to NXT anywhere or anywhere else or AEW. He is back in New Japan. Uh, that was all an angle. Yep. Um, over the weekend, we had a big New Japan show where they had at least three big singles matches. Uh, Great Okan, he defeated Hiroshi Tenzan, and the stipulation was now Tenzan can no longer use the Mongolian chops, which if you watched the Tenzan match in the last ever, that's one of the staples of his of his arsenal. I'm not sure what else he's going to be doing. Yeah, it's Goldberg asked to him. Like, imagine taking the spear away from Bill Goldberg. Yes. You know, Tenzan Mongolian chops. Okan is, you know, if you watch the match, Tenzan and Okan, it looks like father son match. Um, yeah. Their styles are very similar. Their facially, they look very similar. Their mannerisms are very similar. Um, 
it was a good beating of a match. And yeah, now Okan can move forward with the, with the Mongolian chop. He's pretty animated about his chop. He's an airborne chopper and he does it that way versus Tenzan being a little bit more down to the ground. Um, but I guess as you get older, your hang time on your Mongolian chops goes down a little bit. So yeah, um, a good, good, good match with two guys just beating on each other. Uh, Will Osprey defeated Satoshi Kojima in a no DQ match and they went through tables. Uh, there was a guitar it was basically everything you'd want in a DQ match without blood and guts and everything else. Yeah, so no blood, no guts. We didn't see that, but we certainly saw some bruising. I mean, Osprey came to the ring with a guitar, and he came to the ring with a garbage can full of cookie sheets. And every time Osprey introduced a weapon to the match, Kojima managed to find a way to turn it on him. So most of the spots and most of the beatings got taken down by by Osprey. He certainly took the guitar in the head and different things like that. He's um, the other but- guy. <laughs> but he finished it with a, you know, the the finishing sequence was pretty rough on Kojima, who's definitely old enough to be Will's dad. He he caught a chair, got a hidden blade through the chair. He got a hidden blade naked and into a Stormbreaker, which New Japan loves a triple finish or finish. Um, and that put him down. And that was kind of the end of that. So I think this is probably wrapping up the dads versus empire storyline here with the empire coming out on top. And we'll see where they move on to next. We didn't see anything that wasn't anything Mike-wise. There wasn't a call-out. There wasn't who's next. There was no Bia Priestley, but again, they had this in literally a gymnasium, so it wasn't quite as big of a show as what we've got at Korokan Hall the last two days. Well, it depends on if you turned off the Tanahashi-Takagi match too quickly. Sure. Tanahashi got the win over Shingo Takagi. He is the new Never Openweight Champion. Um, The match, it was a good match, but the last five minutes or so is what really gets your attention. You know, they're hitting all their finishers, missing their finishers. Um, Tanahashi is, is is kind of the older guy. One, I don't, I don't want to say he's older guy cause he can still wrestle. Um, he's not in that Kojima Tenzan group, right? He, you know, he's, but he's like the most experienced and he's changed his style, but he's still doing frog splash to the floor type of moves, even, you know, at this, at this stage, but he ultimately ends up winning with high fly flow um and he's the new never open way champion they have a little exchange him and shingo and but before the before he can proceed with his air guitar performance the great okan comes out and attacks tanahashi and that appears to be the next set of challengers here's where we're going so that's in which makes a lot of sense because Tanahashi and Osprey had some business together so now we've got okan coming in and kind of doing some stuff with tanahashi um the never open title is a is a strange animal. It's part of the New Japan's triple crown. It's they considered a big belt. It's its inception was kind of weird. They had this whole program where they were gonna, you know, never is actually an acronym that has a whole bunch of things about new beginnings and things like that. The only junior heavyweight that's ever held the title is Will Ospreay. Um, I tend to look at it as kind of a bull's belt. Like it's always these big bruisers, at least from the time that I've been watching New Japan. Um, it's kind of that middling belt that that sits there, and it's tough guys. It's yeah. it's a bunch of hard nosed guys. Ishii's had Ishii and Goto have had it five times apiece. Suzuki. Um, and, and Suzuki year. had it for a period of time too. Um, so I guess that's where we're gonna go. And Okan to me fits the mold of an ever open champion. Like he's a bruiser style guy. And it certainly makes a lot more sense to me now where their careers are versus Osprey having that title. I think it would look different now than what it did before when he had it for a period of time. Um, but it, it was a good 35 minutes is not what I thought we were going to get out of Shingo and Tanahashi in a gymnasium, but you know, they, they did all of that. 
So the and I know we talked about weight classes before, um, and that's the that's the thing with this never. Um, you know, the, there's no weight no weight classes, so it's kind of like the national open weight championship in MLW. Right. The heavies can face the juniors. The juniors can face the heavies, um, and they have the same thing with their six man tag tattoos, which we um, talked about a little earlier. So yep. those cross weight classes as well, and that's really the only time you ever see that. Right. Right. Exactly. Now, in New Japan. In New yeah. Japan, if you're going to move up a weight class, something significant has to happen and, and make a big deal out of it. And I think that's great. Yeah. All right. Well, let's switch over to uh, let's talk about Monday Night Raw before okay. we, before yeah. we move everything else. So, um, big story coming out of Raw last night. I think the biggest story is that uh, Drew McIntyre is looking to try to get Edge to challenge him, and his buddy Sheamus comes out and and hits him with a bro kick. Says he is not Drew's best friend anymore. He doesn't want to be the best friend of the guy who's the champion. He wants to be the champion. And that looks like where we're going next for Drew McIntyre, probably before Mania, I would assume. Yeah, I think we're going to see maybe maybe this is going to be a fast lane match. Um, it certainly fits into the mold of what we had talked about before with the Peacock wanting good matches. This is a long time coming, I think. We saw a little bit of this them scuffling with each other previously in a, a couple of months before Um it would make sense. This I could I could see this match as the main on Fastlane, um, and I'd be okay with that. But yeah, I think definitely out of out of everything that happened on Monday night, this was the biggest story. Um, it kind of felt to me like you know MJF turning on Cody. Like we really waited a long time for this to finally happen, and it's and have it be real. And this was this looks like the end of the two of them. For is there for any chance right Sheamus in your mind wins the championship from Drew? The only storyline I can see that made would make sense was if, if then we had Drew and Roman at WrestleMania, um, but Edge is in the picture too. So. Yeah, and I don't, I just don't see, I don't see them flipping that back around and then having Edge challenge Sheamus. I mean, from the way that Edge presented everything last night, I'm going to assume that we're going to see Edge on SmackDown. Edge is advertised um, by Fox on SmackDown. Okay, well there you go. I didn't see that, so yeah, I'm not surprised by that. Um, I don't see Drew losing it there. Uh, it's hard for me to see who Drew's going to fight in Mania at this point. Yeah. Um, I mean, you just had him. You just had him roll through Goldberg. Like, you got to have somebody big there. And like Keith Lee's been missing in action. Who's a you, know, you could have Braun. Sure, sure. Braun Braun would be interesting. But again, I think he's he's a SmackDown guy. So they'd have to do some some moving of the deck chairs a little bit there. He's a raw guy. He was on oh, team really? Raw, he's on Team Raw, then he got suspended, and then he made his return before the Rumble, which the Rumble was, you know, it's dual branded. That's why he was showing up on SmackDown. I see. Yeah, I get confusing on how they muddy the waters when it, as far as that goes. But we didn't see Braun last night. No. Nope. Braun's in great shape, so I'm not sure what they're hiding him for if he's a Raw guy now. And if he comes out on SmackDown, then I'm going to have to call you bullshit on this. Well, if he comes out on SmackDown, then they've They've changed it. That's all. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, th so there were some other things that happened on Raw. Um, Bobby Lashley destroyed Matt Riddle, but Matt Riddle won the match because there was no uh, – Lashley refused to break the hold in the ropes. Um, the Xavier Woods and Mustafa Ali stuff, that continues. Ali clearly has his eyes on Kofi, but he can't get a win over Woods, so I don't know if he'll get to Kofi. Yeah, it's interesting, right? Woods wraps up his – um, dance with retribution with a two, two record winning the last two matches. And it 
yeah, Ali called out the Kofi match, and obviously that we're we're coming to that. So are we going to see, you know, Kofi and Woods do some tag matches to get to that point? Is that something that we're going to see it at Fastlane as well? I'd honestly rather see that match at Mania myself. I think Kofi Ali is a good match. In, in fact, I would say Ali Woods was probably the best wrestling match that we got to see last night, or definitely in the top two. Hurt, Hurt Business Lucha House Party is probably pretty close as well. Yeah. That's um, but I, yeah, I, I, I'm not sure where we go with this. And Retribution, as a faction, hasn't been able to recruit anybody. They haven't been able to win anything. They haven't really progressed a whole ton outside of their initial early members and stuff. So I'm not sure. So I like the Kofi and Ali story, but I think it needs some great. fire. I think it yeah. needs fire. And uh, and both guys need wins. They need to you know build up some wins before, and I think it should be a mania match, but it needs to have some fire under it. Yeah, and there's, you know, there's we don't have a, a cruiserweight belt that's that's on that show. We don't have anything like that that they can fight over, so it's got to be you know. I don't necessarily need stipulations. I just need it to, like, I, the guy needs to get wins so that we have a competitive yeah. match that we... Yeah, like, give me, an, give me an attack on Woods by the rest of Retribution and yeah. have a reason that Kofi wants to fight Ali. Outside yep. of Ali saying, I want to fight you. Right. Yep. Yep. And then uh, Damian Priest makes his debut on Raw, and they put him with Bad Bunny there in the beginning to kind of give him give him some appeal to maybe a younger audience or whatever. Um, he gets a win over Miz real quick, um, four minutes and 20 seconds. So a bit of a showcase for a Priest, I would say. You know, he hit that uh, sort of bottom middle rope springboard flip dive to the outside, Hits the reckoning on the Miz. Miz is just a Miz is just kind of a guy on the show these days. Yeah, Miz is sort of enhancement talent, even though he's got a Money in the Bank briefcase. Uh, Priest is somebody that I've had my eye on since NXT. In fact, when I got to see the show at NXT in Buffalo, he was one of the people that I took a picture of and I sent it to you. And I'm like, who the hell is this guy? Because yeah. he's awesome. And he's like, oh, that's you know, it used to be Punishment Martinez, and he's Damian Priest now. I don't know if I like the Archer thing. I don't know if I like the Archer Infamy thing too. It's kind of weird, but I I don't know. His presentation his presentation is great. He's a big giant dude that can wrestle with some other big giant dudes, and they need other big giant dudes on that show to to you know push guys like Keith Lee and Sheamus because the the smaller guys just doesn't look right a lot of times. So yeah. Caribbean Cool got night two in, under his belt, so he got the rumble, and then he got a tag match here with Jeff Hardy. They beat Elias and Jackson Riker five minutes. Um, so good for Carlito. He gets a W on Raw, and we'll see if we get to see him again next week. Yeah, it depends on if their Twitter metrics or makes them decide to bring him back in um, because he was he was all over social media last night, um, and I know that's a big part of what they're looking for, especially for a younger audience. I mean, he looked great, can still go. Um, whether this is a long-term thing or this is just a one and done. Um, I mean, there was, there's no story after this. Jeff Hardy got a, yeah, got it, a win. Was it was kind of the, kind of the, maybe it was the end of the Elias Jeff Hardy feud that we had a brief amount of. Um, so. <laughs> here's, here's a comment from John Smith. Priest needs like 10 more pounds of muscle and he should train with Carlito. Yeah, I guess so. Based on what you see with Carlito. You, you want to give me, you want to give me Priest and Carlito as a tag team for, you know, three or six months, I'll take that all day because yep, they need some tag teams. Yep, that would be fun. Uh, Alexa Bliss defeated Nikki Cross. Uh, that was just kind of a match on the card. Um, of course, there's a lot of history with Bliss and Cross, but, you know, that, so that happened. 
Yeah, so Nikki Cross's first appearance since the last time she faced Alexa, November 23rd, on a on a TV show. She main event matches and stuff like that, but I don't know. The outfit swap, I'm fine with. The outfit swap back, not as excited about. Yeah. Um, Hurt Business beat the Lucha House Party. That was a tag team title match. Um, Lucha House Party looked really good. I yep. mean, I, I consistently say that these guys are the most underrated and some of the most underrated guys in WWE. They're um, great. They could use a, you know, a Selena De La Renta or somebody like that on a mic for them. I think that's the yeah. only thing they're missing. You know, um, it's too bad Miss um, Vegas no longer around, right? Yeah, yeah. They could use somebody like that. Mm -hmm. uh, they don't need to be heel. Um, nope. Selena or Zelina, <laughs> but mm -hmm. um, but yeah, somebody to help kind of move them, move them through like a Conan or something like that. Mm -hmm. um, and then main event was Edge versus Randy Orton, and you know we've seen that match before, and Edge got the win here. Um, it wasn't clean. Alexa Bliss appeared in the in the corner with blood running down her eyes and nose and mouth, like you do, uh, and yeah, like you do, like you do. And uh, Edge hit a spear and got the win. So it looks like that was the way of saying, okay, Randy Orton's behind Edge. And now yeah, I don't, I don't know where the blood came from or how it got there. Maybe she was in the back and catering and just ate hot microwave pizza too quickly. Um, Most likely. That's exactly what it was. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Edge hit a lot of Edge finishers on yeah. Randy. And Randy didn't get an RKO on the night. So that's a strange, strange sequence to see. But. We're, I guess maybe we're moving on from this one then. Well, uh, let's be fair. Our, Randy Orton, even though he had zero last night, he averages more than one RKO per night. Thankfully. So, <laughs> so we're okay. Um, now, switching off of Raw and over to Major League Wrestling. Major League Wrestling has a show this Wednesday. Uh, we haven't seen Alexander Hammerstone in a while, but he's going to be on the show facing Mads Kruger in a Bakley brawl. What a Bakley brawl is, um, or what a Bakley is, it was it's a, technically an illegal bare knuckle street fight that you, they take place in South Africa. Then people bet the bet on them and stuff. So this is a match kind of themed on that. It, as far as I can tell, it's not for the National Open Weight Championship, but uh, two real big guys uh, doing big guy things. I think is what we'll see. Yeah, so Mads Kruger and Alexander Hammerstone, Hammerstone, the last time they were in the ring together was was back in January 6th, and that went to a draw, which is strange to see. Hammerstone is their big, giant, kind of the face that runs the place outside of um, the Samoan Werewolf. Um, he's the, He's got the other belt. He's a big, giant guy. He's a guy who has marketability and, and is um, a known quantity, and Mads Kruger is kind of this crazy Bane-esque character that... Um, People would recognize him from some of his earlier work, um, but it should be a it should be an interesting match. We'll see how they do it. Sometimes I'm not sure if this is going to be um, shot style because MLW has no problem going out, you know, to the streets to do fights. Sure. Like they had Manser and um, you know Jimmy Havoc last year out in the middle of a street with chainsaws and all kinds of crazy stuff. So we'll see what what they end up putting together for that. I'm going to flip back to the, the Edge thing real quick because we have a comment that came in. Um, perhaps perhaps Edge didn't take the RKO because, you know, they just they didn't want to injure him, perhaps. You know? That's fair. Um, Edge is very injury prone, so that makes a lot of sense, actually. Um, <laughs> in fact, you're running a risk if you got him doing five finishers in a match. So it was good right. to see he made it out. Hopefully he can make it and stay healthy to his Mania challenge. 
Yeah. Uh, also on MLW this week, uh, and again, MLW Fusion, I always refer to it as your kickoff for Dynamite and NXT. Uh, it starts at 7 o'clock on YouTube or other places as well, but I watch it on YouTube. Um, they're having a World Tag Team Championship match, Los Parks versus TJP and Buku Dao. More evidence to the fact that TJP is on every wrestling promotion out there, except for WWE and AEW. But uh, yeah, Los Parks, and we are talking about the LA Park or La Parca that you know and love. It's the skeleton, and it's his kids, and they're they've got a blue one, and they've got a they, yeah. yeah, they're all different colors and shapes and sizes. Uh, there's the big one, the little one, and the small one. It reminds me of the machines back in WWE yeah. days. Um, but they, they they put together good matches. TJP, yeah, he's the only person right now that's picking up you know mileage on his airlines for sure. The guy is literally everywhere and a, a good wrestler. Bukudao, also pretty good wrestler. So Young guy, but good. definitely different styles we're going to see in this match. Um, and and I'll, I'll go with you and agree with you on the YouTube is the best place to kind of catch this. There's four other times of week that you can find it. But Wednesday, 7 p.m., YouTube, it goes live and usually runs you know an hour or so. Yep. yep. Uh, Bukudao is very small person. He's, you know, he's shorter than TJP and, and probably 40, 50 pounds lighter than TJP. So. Yeah, I mean, he's he, he would exclusively lord over Marco Stunt in professional wrestling at this yes. point. Like, it's the only person that he's bigger than. Um, but, man, he can, he can move around that ring, though. Very interesting presentation. I want to preview uh, Dynamite with you. Uh, sure. So let's talk through. We have the, I, the, the match I'm looking forward to most is, is the tag team battle royale. Um, it has revolution implications because the winner faces the Young Bucks, or if the Young Bucks win, they can choose their opponents, and they sort of indicated last week that they'd like to choose the Good Brothers. Um, the teams in the match are, uh, at least advertised teams that are in the match, are all three inner circle teams, Sammy Hagar, Jericho MJF, and uh, Santana and Ortiz, Jurassic Express, FTR, Top Flight, Private Party, The Acclaimed, and Uno and Grayson, along with the Young Bucks. So is this just going to be a Young Bucks win and we're out of here, you think? Um, I hope not, but I could certainly see that happening. Um, and part of the reason why is I think we're going to see – I think we're moving to Bucks versus Good Brothers. Yeah, me too. I think us. So yeah. I don't see – they don't have anything really lined up. There's no, there's no other – not that, you know – uh, AEW is against calling a Wednesday night something special, but from now to Revolution, there's nothing really there to to have another team fight. They're not going to do some kind of a weird stipulation that gives you back the right to it. So yeah, I think this is probably a Bucks, and and maybe there's I don't know, with the Good Brothers on the show, I don't see them coming down and doing some kind of interference there. But yeah, I would I would that would be my guess because the payoff is Good Brothers versus Bucks. Yeah, the Bucks have won these tag team battle royals in the past, so yeah. Maybe it's their match. It's um, interesting, though. AEW is so stacked with tag teams that you've got this many tag teams, and then we got another probably 10 outside of the 10 that are in the ring that are actual legit tag teams that aren't in this battle royale. So still the deepest tag team division in all of wrestling by by a long shot. Um, yeah. You know, and apparently the consequences for uh, the the inner circle tag team war didn't matter all that much because here they are as tag teams again. So I don't know if this is the inner oh. circle guys skirting the rules of the inner circle and going behind Jericho and MJF's back to decide to get their hats in the ring here. Um, but we'll see. We'll see how it goes. Yeah, we'll see what happens. Maybe they all fall in line and 
Guevara, Hager, and Power, uh, Proud and Powerful just eliminate everybody else and then eliminate themselves. Yeah, it could happen. Um, I, I don't see it. Yeah, I, th- I, I really think that we're seeing we're going to see Sammy head for a face turn here pretty soon, yeah. um, and and MJF is going to be the payoff on that. So the biggest question about Penelope and Kip Sabian's wedding is just who is going to go in the cake because it's a wrestling wedding and that's what happens. Somebody has to get face first in the cake. Yeah, and who knows? Maybe Miro will get shot. So it could be. We'll see what happens. How about that? That's one thing that happened. Yeah, you could you could have somebody get shot. Who knows? I mean, we saw, you know, ODB get married to Eric Young one time, which was an interesting That's wedding, crazy. and all kinds of crazy, crazy stuff. So I don't know. I'm not the biggest fan. Like wrestling weddings to me are similar to like contract signings. I don't love those spots but we'll we'll see what happens if i had to guess who goes in the cake i think it's probably charles sadly i think he will oh, end up man, cake. right for him mm-hmm. yep uh thunder rosa versus or Britney. orange cassidy might come out of the cake so yeah. we could we could see thunder rosa versus Britt baker that match is a long time coming long long time coming at this point um so it'll be good to get that paid off because we need to get into this big 30 16 person tournament so I would, I would think both of them are going to be in it, but yeah, um, I'm interested to see that. It, it's certainly a, a significant program for the women's division, one that we haven't seen since really the tag tournament. Um, I, I can't, I can't call this because I don't, under, I don't know the direction of it. The, the, the writing for the women's division has been a little bit slapdash. They haven't really shown you anybody on top for too long. Britt Baker's had a couple of wins here and there. Thunder Rosa has. I, I'm not sure. But again, neither one of them have the belt. (laughs) The belt's belts like not even near either one of them for right now. Now, maybe this will then move them into another program with Sheeta and loser. The loser will go into the brackets or maybe both of them will go into the brackets. But I can't call this one. I couldn't tell you if Rose is going to win or if if, if Rick Baker is going to win. Well, when we do the Essential Wrestling Podcast tonight, you'll have to make a determination. I know. It's going to be hard. I'm going to have to study the tapes. (laughs) Kenny Omega and the Good Brothers versus John Moxley, Ray Phoenix, and Pac. Uh, Moxley said last week that he doesn't know about Ray Phoenix and Pac, but he does love a good six man. So, yeah. Um, if I had to guess here, I would say that I think Omega and the good brothers are going to win. I think we're going to see probably some kind of weird internal collapse between that three man team with Pac, Pac, Phoenix and Moxley. Pac and Moxley don't have a great history together. I mean, not that Pac has any love for Kenny Omega either. Um, in fact, does Pac have wins over both of them? Pac has wins over Omega and Moxley. Uh, no, he hasn't had a win over Moxley. No, he didn't. He didn't. I thought he choked him out the same as he choked out Omega, but maybe I'm wrong on that. Um, should, should be. I mean, this is the match I'm looking most forward to on the card for sure. Um, they might have something inserted in here that we're not seeing because um, usually they're a five-match show, but the Battle Royal goes a little longer at times, I oh, guess. We do have one more. We have Lance Archer. Yeah, and that's versus four. Yeah, the Archer Archer Kingston Lumberjack, right? Yeah, yep. Well, and I guess uh, if you consider the wedding a match, which it probably will take matched match time, match time. So yeah, um, I don't see Sting on the show, and I don't see Taz on the show, so we'll probably see something there. Um, Archer versus Kingston. I have to assume this is going to be Kingston getting the victory because Archer won last week, and we're going to go into a we're going to pay the whole thing off at Revolution. Um, whether or not Jake the Snake is allowed at the match, we'll see. Um, I'm not sure what's going on with him and Archer and why Archer sent him to the back other than to show that he got beat down by the 
butcher yeah. the blade. So yeah. to feed the storyline. Yep. Yep. Um, okay. Well, there's a, there's a couple of news items. Nothing major. We don't need to, to get in any conversation really. Um, Jonathan Gresham resigned with Ring of Honor. Resigned, not resigned. Uh, WWE Untold APA comes out this Sunday. And Sasha Banks is going to be a guest on the Broken Skull Sessions, an upcoming one. We don't have a date for that. But with that said, ready for trivia? As always. Mm-hmm. I know it's your favorite. I'm the best at it. Here's the scoreboard wide open. No matter what happens, if you can get one question right, you'll be in the lead today. I'm considering myself in the lead right now. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. Um, okay. As I mentioned, Wrestle Kingdom 14 is the topic of discussion. So, John Moxley defeated a man on each night of Wrestle Kingdom 14. Who were they? A. Lance Archer and Zack Saber. B. Lance Archer and Juice Robinson. C. Juice Robinson and Minoru Suzuki. Or D. Lance Archer and Minoru Suzuki. I'm going to say B, Juice Robinson and Lance Archer. That's correct. That is correct. So you have one point. You'll definitely be in the lead. <laughs> I'm champion for right now. For right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, this uh, Chris Jericho offered to open the Forbidden Portal on night two. If this man could defeat him, he'd give that man an AEW World Championship match. Who was it? Was it A, Okada, B, Tanahashi, C, Naito, or D, Sonata? That's a lot of Bs that you're going with. That's two Bs in a row. That's Tanahashi. Okay. Well, this one, next one is not multiple choice. So we're Oh, no. All right. All right. Forbidden Portal. We were all hoping that it was coming. I was dreaming up things in my mind on how we could get Tanahashi in an AEW ring. Um, the Painmaker just couldn't get it done that night. Uh, the Painmaker did. Tana didn't. <laughs> Tana, Tana didn't get the portal. Right. Exactly. Right. Uh, this man wrestled his final matches at Wrestle Kingdom. And then they had a special retirement ceremony for him at New Year's Dash. He was later named to the WWE Hall of Fame. But, of course, they didn't have a Hall of Fame ceremony because of COVID. Do you know who I'm talking about? Yes, because they made him lose all of his matches on his way out. Like, he got beat by literally everybody. Um... His name is in the song. (laughs) Yeah, I don't... the name is a blank for me right now, and and I, I watched him get his butt kicked for an entire year of his send off too. <laughs> um, I can picture his costume. Okay. I, I know he occasionally go. came out with his face not his face painted, and he did a character swap. But like oh, I have yeah. psychosis in my mind, and it's not psychosis, no. and it's not it's not tiger mask, and it's not. All right, so here's what we're gonna do. Uh, we're gonna leave it there, and we'll okay. see. I'll come back to that at the end. You Fair haven't enough. answered incorrectly. So okay. we'll see All if right. it pops into your head before we get to... Uh... Fair enough. Okay. So Hiromu Takahashi defeated this man to win the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Championship on night one. Was it Taiji Ishimori, Will Ospreay, Sho, or Kushida? Will Ospreay? It was Will Ospreay. That's actually the third B. Can you believe it? Yeah, way to go. You're just jamming the Bs in there. <laughs> And Naito won the double championship at Wrestle Kingdom 14. His first challenger was Kenta in February, who lost the Never Open Weight Championship at Wrestle Kingdom to this man. Was it Hiroki Goto, Tomohiro Ishii, 
Shingo Takagi or Minoru Suzuki? Minoru Suzuki. It was Goto. Oh. Goto got the win. He didn't hold the belt for long, then Goto would drop it to Takagi. But what a real okay. back to back to your question. Do you know who you got the name in your head? No, because I'm thinking like Ultimo Dragon and a bunch of these guys that are masked guys that forever. Oh, I can picture him. Jushin Thunder Underlager. Sure. Okay, three for five. Three for five. So let me give you your Asuka award. Ray. I was feeling perfect plex coming on, but that goes oh, and... So so the thing about it was I think I skimmed that Wrestle Kingdom too. I don't think I watched it top down in in the Liger stuff wasn't I mean he did a stint in WWE and he did I think he did a couple of matches in WCW, but he wasn't anybody that I was watching as much as I was watching, you know, Ultimate Dragon or Psychosis or Laparca or any of those guys because right. he just wasn't as much of a staple inside of those stuff. So yeah, that's bad. I should have oh, Liger. Yep, he's uh he's now you can see him on commentary. Yeah, he's, he's around he is a fixture there. Yeah. <laughs> okay, well, I'm excited to announce a partnership. Um, and it is with the North American Wrestling Alliance's Wrestling Connection. Join the godfather of professional wrestling, Tony Capone, and the voice of the people, Tony T, every Tuesday night at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time for the Nawa's Wrestling Connection live on Blog Talk Radio. Listen to the Nawa Wrestling Connection to find out everything that is taking place in the world of North American Wrestling Alliance and join the two Tonys as they sit down with a special guest each and every week. That is tonight. So after you finish with the Essential Wrestling Podcast, you can flip over to uh, Wrestling Connection. And then furthermore, we have the Primetime Rundown. Join Joey Jarzanka, Ian Schreier, and Rob DeLuca on Friday night, January. Oh, we're in February now. Join them every Friday night for the Primetime Rundown as we take you through the world of sports. Our show kicks off at 6 p.m. on the Eastern Observer. And... Finally, as mentioned, the Essential Wrestling Podcast comes your way every Tuesday at uh, 6 p.m. I'm going to be in the chair tonight doing the hosting. Uh, it's a great time. We go through all the picks. Travis will be there tonight. Uh, we take you through the, the week in wrestling. And uh, Travis, welcome to the show tonight. It should be a fun time. Yeah, I get the hurricane draw and the spot as a special guest appearance. So this is the second time that I've been on the show. So I'm, I'm excited to tangle you know lock horns with the the grizzled old veterans that are on there both the johns and i think tyler's coming in tonight and gary will probably be there and be super polite and i'll get to be the heel as always so <laughs> well it'll be a it'll be a fun time we have a really great time we pick every match for the week we say who we think is going to win who we think is going to lose we recap the last week uh and we like to have fun so and no trivia for me so i'm thrilled that's right. There's, you have you run no chance of missing out on a, on a trivia. Occasionally, I do trivia, try to stump that El Carl, but he won't be there tonight. So there you He's go, the person to stump anyway. Mm -hmm. Well, the our show, the Daily Wrestling News Show, it returns tomorrow. John DeCani will be on the show. We plan to talk about the Yokozuna Icon documentary that came out on the WWE Network this past weekend. I haven't had a chance to watch it yet. Uh, Travis, did you dial that up yet? No, not yet, but I saw the promos for it. It looks super interesting. Um, and actually, I saw Yokozuna outside the Glens Falls Civic Center getting into his limousine with Owen Hart one night when I was there with our grandfather on the way out the door to, park, to the parking lot there. Um, a, a, a big man. 
I never, I never saw Yoko live, so I, I can't imagine. Yeah, Yoko and Owen were running as a tag team for a little while, and yep. that was the that was the main. And we got out a little bit late, and we were, you know, in that weird parking lot on the industrial side across the road there, and they were getting into their limo. So it was uh, quite a sight to see. I was pretty young back then. Yeah, yeah, I can, I can imagine that's. Yep. Probably took up a lot of space. Yes, he did. <laughs> All right, everybody. Well, for Travis, I am Ryan Joy. This has been our show presented, uh, powered by the Eastern Observer. Thank you very much for watching. We will see you tomorrow. Have a good day.